I'd like to share a few thoughts myself now on the uh, on Luke 24. Uh, there's a story that circulates in our family of the time <clears throat> Pip flew home to Nelson after her first year of nursing training. And she arrived at the airport and found a stranger standing next to her parents in the arrival hall. And it was, it was quite weird because her parents didn't introduce him. And the conversation went on and she was almost ready to ask who he was when he spoke her name and she realised that it was her own brother. He had shaved off his beard and looked completely different. She saw him but did not recognise him. Uh, today's gospel, as we've talked about already, is one of the most loved passages in the Bible, the road to Emmaus. And it's all about this distinction between seeing and recognising. Two disciples were walking along when Jesus himself drew alongside them and joined in the conversation. And verse 16 says that they did not recognise him. They saw him well enough, but they did not recognise. They didn't identify him as the risen Lord Jesus Christ, whom they had known so well. So here's a question to get our minds going um, right up off the bat. Have you made the journey from seeing Jesus superficially to recognising him more deeply? From being aware of who he is to knowing and loving him. If you were one of those disciples, where would you be? At the beginning of the story? The middle? Or toward the end? Now, it was the third day since Jesus had been handed over to the Romans for crucifixion. He had died on the cross and had been taken down and placed in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. This was a devastating blow to the disciples. Given Jesus' popularity, his healing, his power, and his authority from God, the disciples fully expected him to triumph over the Romans and to set up God's just and loving rule from Jerusalem. And this hope was so deeply embedded that even at the time of Jesus' ascension, 40 days after the resurrection, they still asked him, Lord, is this the time when you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? They just didn't get it, that the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, in an upside down kind of way, was an even greater victory than they could ever have imagined. So we have two disciples, Cleopas and his companion, possibly his wife, and they were walking and talking on the way to Emmaus, a small village about 10 kilometers from Jerusalem. Its present location is still not completely confirmed. There's competing uh, versions of, wh of where, what village it is. But while they were engaged in discussion, the risen Lord came and walked alongside them. And we're told that they failed to recognize him. Jesus asked them what they were discussing. And when he said that, I imagine that they would have stopped dead in their tracks and looked absolutely disconsolate. They said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know about the things that have taken place in these days? And they went on to tell him what had happened. And no verse captures the mood of these two better than verse 21. They said, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. The word for we had hoped in the Greek is in the imperfect tense, which implies continuous action. They had been continually hoping. They had put all their hopes in Jesus. But now they'd been dashed 
on the immovable stone that covered his tomb, or so they thought. So beginning with Moses and the prophets, Jesus opened up the scriptures and explained to them that the Messiah had to suffer, die, and be raised from the dead. Now, I want you to notice the love and patience of Jesus at this point. Jesus drew alongside these two disciples. He walked with them, even though they did not fully understand. And that's what it's like for us as well. Some here this morning may feel your faith is very small. You know about Jesus, but you would never say that you knew him personally. Nevertheless, Jesus draws alongside you and walks with you, as he does with us all. He is with us right now. And then an extraordinary thing happened. As Jesus explained about himself from the scriptures, their hearts burned within them. They had understood the Hebrew scriptures in a certain way, that the Messiah was to be a triumphant liberator, a military guy. But Jesus showed them that the scriptures also spoke of a suffering and then glorified Messiah, and they began to see things in a new light. And I know many will relate to this. We discover Jesus in the scriptures. They testify to him. And as we read and learn about him, our hearts burn within us with a strange mixture of excitement and hope. That's what's happening to the Bible course group I'm privileged to be a part of. Uh, the scriptures are making more sense. There's an overarching plot, a structure that can be discerned. It's exciting to think that we are edging closer toward an understanding of the purposes and love of God. So these two disciples are experiencing a feeling in their hearts and minds, but what difference does it make to them? What effect does it have? The intriguing thing is that they still do not recognize Jesus. This is an important point. His true identity is still hidden from them. They have a burning inner feeling but they still do not have a personal knowledge of Jesus. The missing component is supplied when they urge him to stay the night with them. And as they eat their evening meal, Jesus took bread, blessed, broke, and gave it to them. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and they did recognize him. That understood with their mind but Jesus, that Jesus must suffer, die, and be raised from death but their eyes still did not see. Now, with bread and wine, the disciples recognize the risen Jesus. I once befriended a person, this is a few years ago now, who wanted to explore Christianity. His name was Jim. And he got very close, but I could see he was having a final struggle. So I suggested that he go up one Sunday night and receive communion. He had not done so up until that point. And that was a watershed moment for him. He came to know Christ that night in a personal way. Do you see the power of word and sacrament here? We need the reading, the preaching and study of God's word. We need to hear about the good news of Jesus. Of course, we need that information. <laughs> we need to learn about Jesus from scripture. But we also need the sacraments of bread and wine. And it's in the breaking of bread that scales fall from our eyes and we recognize Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. 
The sacrament without the word is blind, but the word without the sacrament is empty. We need both word and sacrament. And that is one of the reasons why many of us feel um, somewhat bereft because we're not able to receive communion in these days of lockdown. It's true that some churches emphasize one over the other, but we need both word and sacrament to engage with God's word and to receive Holy Communion so that we can recognize, know and love our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so is this where the story ends? Well, no, there are two halves to the journey. We may be tempted to leave Cleopas and his friend basking in the glow of Jesus, but we're actually told that Jesus disappears. I think that's significant. And the journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus is immediately followed by a journey from Emmaus to Jerusalem. In spite of the lateness of the hour, the two got up and hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples what had happened. Imagine the breathless excitement of that meeting. But can you see the pattern here? Word and sacrament lead to mission and witness. We encounter Christ in word and sacrament and then become his witnesses. Think of it this way. The two disciples begin their journey full of grief and hopelessness. That describes the human condition. They are encountered by Jesus along the way and through word and sacrament are transformed. They not only see Jesus, but they recognize who he is and they are changed. They return to Jerusalem, place of abject failure, but now empowered by Jesus to be his witnesses, to walk alongside others as Jesus had walked alongside them and to be his agents of transformation. T.S. Eliot famously wrote, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. And that's what it's like. We encounter Christ along the way. He transforms us by his grace. And then he brings us back to our friends and family to be his witnesses. In some ways, we go back to the familiar, the routine. But everything is new and different because of our encounter with Christ. We're all on a journey together through this COVID-19 lockdown. Jesus draws alongside us and engages with us through his word and spiritual communion. And this experience is changing us. Sometime soon, we will make the other half of the journey from lockdown level four back to level one. In the journey back, nothing will ever be the same again. Our world has changed, but he calls us to be agents of mission and to share his good news with others. Amen.